Hey guys, this is going to be a quick episode today, but it is one of the most important podcasts I've put up throughout the years, and that is the pre-approval carnage we're experiencing out in the home loan market. And it's a massive first home buyer's trap. Let's jump straight into it. Hello and welcome to the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast, where our sole target is to get you into your first home. Now on to today's topic. All right, before I go into the current situation, first I want to explain pre-approvals because it can mean a lot of different things as it does vary from lender to lender. How the lender looks at it can actually tell how strong that pre-approval is. What generally happens is you go to the bank, you get pre-approved, and that way it gives you peace of mind to know what your budget is for when you go and buy your home. When you go to buy a property, what happens is you sign the contract, you'll send that contract to the bank, they'll have it valued, and then they will assess the loan for approval. Ideally, what would happen is they would approve it based on the pre-approval they've issued. What a lot of people are learning now, however, is that is not always the case. That's because different pre-approvals mean different things. So in my mind, a proper pre-approval should basically be the lender saying, hey, we've looked at your credit file, we've looked at your income documentation, your bank statements, your expenses, everything we've looked at and we're happy with everything. We just want to make sure that you go out there and buy a property that's worth what you're paying for it. Unfortunately, that's not all of the pre-approvals out there and actually not many lenders approve like that these days. Because interest rates have been rising fast, people's borrowing power has been dropping below what they thought they were pre-approved for. And this means a lot of potential first home buyers are falling over right at the last hurdle. I'll just touch on a few ways that lenders pre-approve things. Firstly, we've got these lenders that give you a pre-approval, but It's actually just an electronic pre-approval. Basically, you've put an application in, but the bank has not looked at any of your payslips or any of your documentation. It's just gone through the computer. Then the computers basically check your credit file, tick that off. Sometimes they haven't even ticked that off. They're just saying that your credit file is clear, but the assessor is still has to go over it. So if you say you're pre-approved for 500 grand and the bank hasn't even looked at your income, I can tell you that's probably pretty risky. Another situation is some people think they're pre-approved when they're actually not. Believe it or not, some mortgage brokers find this quite unbelievable when I say this, but some people just go online and they might do a lender calculator and get a blender borrowing capacity calculator, I guess you could say it in an easy way. And basically whatever that spits out, they think they're pre-approved for. Again, those calculators are not accurate most of the time. So it's very rare that you're actually pre-approved for that. Maybe you can borrow more, maybe you can borrow less. If you can borrow less, it puts you in a sticky position when you actually go to get approved for the loan. Another way banks do pre-approvals, and this is the hard thing, is they give out these pre-approvals and then they just turn their back and say, oh no, we're going to assess that loan now at the current interest rate. And that's because interest rates have risen Say it might have been two months since the pre-approval went in and interest rates have gone up by 1%. That's very hard because in some cases you can turn to the lender and the lender will say, yeah, we're happy to honor our original pre-approval, 
but in a lot of situations they don't. Now this leaves people in a sticky position because if they bought a property, then all of a sudden at the last minute, the banks just pulled the rug out from under them, then it's going to be an incredibly stressful and incredibly painful experience. What you'll be left with is trying to extend the finance clause. Most times when you buy a property, you'll have two weeks to sort the finance out. Within that two weeks, the bank should be able to come back and tell you, yes or no, we're going to approve the loan or not. That means you have to extend finance, but then put in a new loan application somewhere else. And if that loan application can't get approved somewhere else or it can't get improved in time, the deal's cooked. So basically, you're put under a massive amount of stress where um, basically you didn't see it coming. So um, these things can drag out as well. You could have three or four weeks there where you're um, lying in bed at night, struggling to sleep. Unfortunately, this is the case a lot of the time when buying your first home. All in all, it's an incredibly stressful experience and you definitely want to avoid that because at the end of the day, there's an elevated chance that the purchase is just going to fall over. What's the workaround here? The workaround is that you work with a really good experienced mortgage broker and have open lines of communication. A good mortgage broker is going to know which lenders are going to honor their pre-approvals and they're going to be constantly following up with these lenders, checking that information is correct and things haven't changed. I'm kind of in that boat of just confirming and calling the lenders unless I've literally just done another pre-approval with that th with that same bank and I know that they're going to honor the existing pre-approval and your borrowing capacity. A good mortgage broker is going to do all that for you. They're going to keep the lines of communication open because it's incredibly important more than ever since there's just so much scope for things to go wrong at the moment. Until things calm down a bit, this is just the way it's going to be. Unfortunately, it happens in banking all of the time. No one really expected the rates to go up half a percent for four months in a row. When these unexpected things happen, the bank's abilities to deal with it become harder. Therefore, they clamp down on their rules. Unfortunately, this is just the way things are for now. And they're going to be like this for a little while longer. So we must be aware of this first home buyer trap if you're looking to buy a house in the immediate future. If looking to buy your house in the future is something you want to do, the team here at Wilbell Mortgage Broker is the team you want on your side. We help first home buyers get into their first property all the time and we've been doing it for years. So we'd be happy to assist you and if you've got any questions, please get in touch. I will leave you with one more thing today. Because the market is very negative at the moment, I suggest you watch some of the other episodes that I've put out around this because I still believe Based on my 15 years of experience in the finance industry, first home buyers should get into the market as soon as they can because you've got no alternative really. Rents are going to go up anyway and if you wait, you just might miss the boat like everyone did in 2020 when they thought the market was going to crash. The one thing I'll leave you with before we close this out, if you ask anyone who bought a property at the top of the GFC, they've got no regrets looking back in hindsight. It would have been pretty scary back then and it's pretty scary for first homeowners now. Things don't change. That's all I wanted to leave you with today. Again, feel free to get in touch if you have any questions. Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast. 
if you've got any questions or you would like to get into your own home or you just want to stalk me online, you can search Will Bell Mortgage Broker on either Google or Facebook.